and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should definitely have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I am Drew. Are you sure we're It's a Musical? Because I feel like maybe considering the spooky season, we should be It's a Boo-sickle. Boo. <laughs> See, yeah, you're getting in the spirit. <laughs> That's your great ghost impression. Musical. <laughs> yes, and on that theme, we are watching a horror slasher musical today. Yes, happy Halloween. Yep. You know, we are coming to you a wee bit early for this spooky special, mm-hmm. talking about Stage Fright. Yes, the 2014 musical horror comedy slasher film is how it's billed. So, was this something that was ever performed on Broadway or on the West End? Is this just a movie musical? This is a theatrical release, yeah. So this has Mr. Meatloaf. Yes, it certainly does. I, I love Meatloaf. He's, he's, he's just one of my absolute favourites. Yeah. Great musician, great actor. Mm-hmm. Big, big fan of Meatloaf. Yeah. Who else is in this? Mini Driver. Cool. Ali McDonald. Don't know. No, you're not going to. Douglas Smith. And Brandon Uranowitz. I don't know these people. You might recognise some of them. Okay. Are they the sort of people that crop up in like lots of just different horrors? Like they're horror actors first and foremost. They crop up in lots of just like different like random things. Cool. Next question. Yep. Has this been covered... On a kill count. No, it hasn't. I wish it was. Oh my god, please give me a kill count of stage fright. That would be amazing. So we might have to borrow the kill count kind of idea then. <laughs> I was, usually there's a lot of shows that you have said, we've watched this and now some additional viewing of Musical Mash talking about this. Mm-hmm. So we did Sister Act a few weeks ago. Go back and watch it if you haven't already. Yeah. But as soon as we'd finished Sister Act, mm-hmm. you put on Musical Mash watching Sister Act. Yeah. And I kind of got my hopes up that we might be able to complement this with a let's watch an episode of The Kill Count. Dead Meat, yeah. I love Dead Meat. Something yep. you've really got me into. Mm-hmm. But I was really hoping there might be like a musical Kill Count. No, there isn't. We should pitch it to them though. You should tweet them and ask. Yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> please, friend. Please. Okay. So... This is set at summer camp. It certainly is. And I feel like it's very much going to follow the kind of Friday the 13th route. There are a lot of Friday the 13th references amongst references to other big horror movies. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different references. Like it's kind of that horror fans Mm. musical. But definitely Friday the 13th is like the biggest influence. Because obviously they are at camp. Mm Mm-hmm. A big part of the camp experience is is kind of the stage show. Sure. I know from watching Wet Hot American Summer, like <laughs> you have your your you know musical theatre geeks. Yeah, I was they, one of those musical I know you geeks. Were. I did the set and construction for a an American theatre production summer camp. Yeah. Um, and it was super fun. And it was exactly like Wet Hot American Summer, basically. So, the show that they are working on mm-hmm. in Stage Fright is not The Phantom of the Opera. No, it is not. It is The Spectre no. of something. We've no. talked about it in The Phantom of the Opera episode. It's The Haunting of the Theatre. There we go. So yeah. it is 
you know, this is what we're going to have is a lot of kind of Easter egg references. Yeah. We love a good Easter egg. Yes, we do. I'm going to assume that like most people die in this because it's a horror. Sure. I'm assuming that Meatloaf is like the camp counsellor or maybe one of the kids' rich dads. Sure. Or he might be like the the director of the camp. Mm-hmm. So he's not involved in like the actual being around the children because he gets to sit and do all the organisation and just pay other people to do the job for him. Mm-hmm. That or he plays Meatloaf. <laughs> he and, like, is Meatloaf. He is Meatloaf and his son is here and he's come to try and rescue his son. That would be great. I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be horror. There's going to be some kind of horror type vibe where something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be like Freddy from Friday? Is it Freddy? No, he is. Freddy is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. You're thinking Jason. Jason. Yeah. Is it going to be Jason? Like a kind of Jason-esque, I'm going to kill people at this camp. Yeah. Like, for similar reasons, you know, mm-hmm. this camp last year, they were too busy having coitus and my child drowned. Horror movie trivia question one. Yes. Who is the bad guy in Friday the 13th? Is it Jason's mum? Yes, it is. Well done. Congrats, he would not die in Scream. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so is it going to be that type of thing where you have, like, an angry parent who wants revenge? Mm. Or is it going to be a more supernatural? Okay, I... I I agree that Jason is a zombie. He is a supernatural villain. Sure. Not in the first Friday the 13th. No, because he's not in the first Friday the 13th. He is at the end. He's not. Baby Jason is. Yeah, so Jason's in it. Yeah, the ghost of baby Jason. No, no, he comes out at the end and he drags... That's a child. Okay. (laughs) But, or is this going to be like supernatural where you have like vampires where you have werewolves or a zombie outbreak mm-hmm. or a freddy krueger who is more supernatural because he has powers yeah so i'm intrigued to see that i don't know what kind of vibe it's going for if it is very friday the 13th inspired i'm leaning towards the kind of you know zombie killer mm-hmm. or the parent yeah okay so we're directed by Jerome Sable, okay. who has also directed a bunch of like silly horror movies, notably The Legend of Beaver Dam. I've heard of that one. Yeah, which is also a, a horror musical. Oh, really? Yeah, and that opened at Midnight Madness at the Toronto Film Festival. Cool. He also obviously did Stage Fright. He's done The ABCs of Death, which was a segment of V is for Vacation which was like a horror anthology style thing. And then Monstergram, Invisible, Bite Size Horror. Like he does a lot of these like silly horror doodads. So if he's also worked on another musical horror, is he himself musical? Like did he write the songs? Yes, he did write the songs. It was between him and his co-writer, Eli Battalion. They wrote all of the songs. That was a great name. Isn't it great? Yeah. Yeah. Eli Battalion. It's a great name. Mm Mm-hmm. So they, they they wrote these songs, so it's yep. not like a jukebox musical, it is original songs. It is all original songs. How long is the film? Is it about 90 minutes? Are we looking at like a sister act running time? It's 88 minutes. Okay. So sister act, I feel like that was a very loose definition of the term musical. No, this is like... Are the songs kind of more spread out? Like it's not just towards the end where we get like 
more singing. Like how they spread out throughout. The whole, cool. the way through. And there is a an actual quote about this film that is the best unconventional operetta since South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. Which is why you're going to love South Park when I eventually you sit you to, down to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I know nothing about this, but I know you've been hyping it for me since... I'm so excited to watch this. Episode I watch four this of this podcast. Every single year. Yeah, because we talked about it and your first time you kind of picked up the idea of doing this for Halloween was mm-hmm. when we covered Phantom of the Opera. Yep. I've been waiting a long time. Well, to this watch is it. This movie. You know, you've been you've been waiting like twenty seven weeks for this one. Yep. One week later, and it would be a zombie movie. That's true. So, this was released. Did you say twenty fourteen? Fourteen. So it's mm-hmm. a fairly new one as well. Mm-hmm. What was its response when it was released? It's a very cheesy, overdramatic comedy horror. And they're going for like 90s style horror. Okay. So a lot of the reviews were like, we've seen this before. It was kind of like, well, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a kind of the point. Homage. Yeah. But generally people think it's good fun yeah. and good gory fun. So this is a popcorn movie. Yes. This 100%. is the yeah. horror equivalent of burlesque. Yes. Okay. It's a popcorn movie. I love that definition. Yeah. So Jerome Sable and Eli Battalion... When they were making this film, they decided they wanted to have the title font and colour the same as Assault on Precinct 13, which is a 1976 film, because they wanted to pay homage to their favourite director, which is John Carpenter. I can imagine that. Yeah. Why not have the same as the same font as The Thing, then? Because their favourite was Assault on Precinct okay. 13, Fair. apparently. The reason we have Mini Driver... Yes. Is because in the movie version of Phantom of the Opera, Mini Driver plays Carlotta. Ah, okay. The like prima donna yes. character. And the character that she plays in this is supposed to be a reference. Okay. Kind of a, cr- a phantom reference yeah. across the board. No, I like that. I like it when sometimes somebody gets cast simply because of something else they've done and they're playing that type. Mm-hmm. And it is like, again, it's an Easter egg. It's it's paying reference to this. It's my favourite kind of film because I really yeah. like something that doesn't take itself seriously mm-hmm. and comes from a place of being a fan. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favourite bits about Shrek too is like all the different like references. So we get the Spider-Man kiss because yeah. his head is dumped in the, the mud and we get the one ring falling on his finger. And he doesn't, yeah. You know, like I love moments like that. Like as an audience member, if I get the reference, mm-hmm. I get more pleasure from watching it because yeah. I feel smart. I guess the question will be, is there a danger with this film that you're going to be getting a lot of that knowledge and I'm not because I'm not as big a horror aficionado as you are? I think these are all very on the nose and that's kind of the point. Like uh, the biggest references in it are obviously Friday the 13th, Text Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser, Carrie, and Halloween. Like, the, so all the big the, Of those, I've only seen Friday the 13th. You haven't seen Carrie? No. I know the very famous, like, Carrie reveal of, like, the, the blood being dropped. Yeah, over, but that's... been referenced in a lot of stuff. Right, so that's the kind of references you're getting so here. It's, like, is obvious. like, obvious references. But I don't know the references for Halloween, and I wouldn't know references from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Do you know what the weapon used is in Halloween? No. Oh, okay. All right, sure. 
It's Michael well, Myers with a knife or a machete. Yeah, okay. a machete. So the other references that we get, we don't only get like good horror movie classic references. Is it like Shrek where we get we get a lot theater of references. musical theatre references and specifically mock musical theatre references. So we have obviously the haunting of the theatre. Yes. And they go out of their way not to name any real musical names. It's all like stupid versions of musicals. So kind of like the end of the producers. Mm-hmm. Exactly we... like the end of the producers okay. to the point that there is a producers joke. Cool. Okay. I'm excited for this one. Me too. I, I, I've been waiting a really long time to watch this yeah, movie. I don't know anything about this one. I assume it's going to be, you know, horror, musical, mm-hmm. equals success. Yes. We hope. Yeah, 100%. I love this film. It is cheesy and fun. Excellent. Yeah. So are we off to summer camp? We certainly are. Off to camp we go. Off to camp rock. Is there a Camp Rock reference? They kill the there Jonas Brothers in this one. A camp rock I, if I was going to make a horror about being at camp, I would kill the Jonas Brothers. Oh, <laughs> not the actual Jonas Brothers. Maybe I, I get more into scary movie type. Parody yeah, you're there. falling into the scary movie side of things right Making now. Making it obvious. No, we've waited all year long for our, our summer camp to come around again, and here we are, at last. Yes, but will camp be a bust? No, we'll find out. See you when we return very, very shortly. Or if we return. Bum, bum, bum! Sing a song, sing a song when you're in pain. Musicals help you feel high once again. Sing a song when things are wrong and don't you fret. Melody's the remedy to help you forget from the ancient Greek stage to today's modern age. Musicals mute out the wars that we wage. When they made gunpowder, we just sung louder. From Gilbert and Sullivan to Rogers and Hammerstein. Show tunes have shown up to drown out the battle cries. And we are back. We survived summer camp. Barely. Just barely. And we have returned. We have. Did you do everything you wanted to do at camp this summer? Yeah, I made some friends and cool. you know, I learned a few life lessons on the way. Did you? Did you get to play the lead, though, in your favourite revival musical and then transfer to Broadway? I don't play the lead. I, I'm stage manager. I have stage fright. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> okay. My first question for you. Yeah. Did you have a good time? I don't know. Okay. To be completely honest with you, like it was enjoyable, mm-hmm. and then there are moments where it, I kind of started hating it because it makes bad jokes. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Yeah, but I think when they're making these jokes in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. I I'm not co- I'm not on board with it. Had this been like early nineties, yeah, and it makes me sound really hypocritical. I I fully appreciate that. 
But I think when you make some of the jokes it, that this film makes in the 90s, you can justify it as it was a different day and age. We didn't know better then. Yeah, but in 2014, they shouldn't be making gay jokes. Yes. Like, we're past that. No, exactly. And and I would also say the lisp jokes. Yeah. I think there are those moments where it does go over the line. Yeah. Does that stop me liking it? Honestly, no. I would be a massive hypocrite if I said it did. I mm. I like South Park. I like Family Guy. And I'm fully aware that those jokes exist in those platforms. But I don't know. I think for a film where the demographic might be people that they've kind of made fun at. Yeah. It feels, it, for, for this, it felt wrong. Mm-hmm. So there are the moments I really like. And then yeah. there are moments that kind of take me like three steps back. And I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. this isn't cool. Maybe I'm the wrong person for that. But yeah. I just think some of it is, some of it's not to my taste. Sure. So, we open... With the best disclaimer ever. <laughs> the best disclaimer ever. It sets the tone for this film yeah, this beautifully. This is based on true events. Yeah. But the names have been changed. To re- protect people's identities, however... And respect the families and the victims. Yeah. However. <laughs> however, all musical... Sequences, sequences are, are presented as they happen as they were performed so that's uh, fun. amazing like instantly you get this doesn't take itself seriously and mm-hmm. you shouldn't take it seriously yeah so fine and then 30 seconds in and we see christian bale getting stabbed is that who it looked like i thought he looked just like christian bale it definitely wasn't christian no bale. Ob- obviously it's not and i thought oh wow we're 30 seconds in and we're getting kill number one mm-hmm but what a great bait and switch. Yeah. Because it was all part of a play. It certainly was. And we have The Haunting of the Opera. Yes. The best musical ever. His mask is great because it's so obvious and just stupid. Yeah. But that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. It's like part Jason, part Phantom. Yep. And I, I, I liked it. And yeah, we, we meet Mini Driver. Kylie Swanson. So we meet, I was going to say Kenny Swanson, but we meet Kylie Swanson. Mm-hmm. So was this her debut? Was this like her first big show or was this... Oh, the character? Yes. No, you get you get the idea that like up until this point, she's not had like leading lady roles, but that she's been in musicals. So she's, she's had smaller ensemble roles, but this is her first starring role. Yeah. And this is night one. This is the opening night mm-hmm. of haunting. Yeah. And she gets a standing ovation. Yep. People love it. People love it. And yeah, we meet her twins. Uh, yeah, her kids, Camilla and Buddy. Yes. <laughs> Which kid does she prefer? Obviously Camilla. Yeah. But what I really like about the kids, and I think you pointed out to me as well, like oh my how God. much... Do they look like the actors? They look exactly like the older actors. Yeah. It's so weird. And the girl has like this the little girl has exactly the same nose as the older yes. girl. Yes. I don't they're not related. I wouldn't be surprised if they were. It's that kind of they must have something in them to be so similar. I know. They're uncredited though, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I mean they arguably baby buddy does more than baby 
Camille. Camilla. Well, yeah. she gets on the stage and sings. And... Yeah, okay. I'd say Buddy comes back though later on. Though yeah. She doesn't. Yeah, we see him later. And like a bat out of hell, Meatloaf comes in to the dressing room. Yep. And his moustache is a sight to behold. It certainly is. Very ugly. It does not suit him. It's a weird choice. It's I like really it. I think choice. it's a good character choice. Yeah. And he takes his role super seriously mm-hmm. because he's not their dad, but like looks after them. Yeah. So that she can get changed and ready to go meet her adoring public. Is there, are they going to a party? I thought so. Yeah. I, yeah. So she has to get changed so that she can get ready to go to this like after party. And he's taking the kids out of the room so that she can like wind down and get ready. Yeah. And Camilla goes out on the stage and as she performs. Yeah. Not the phantom. Not the phantom. <laughs> but the, the ghost. Yes, the uh yeah, the opera ghost. Is just staring at her. Appears in the mirror behind her and we Well no, because he starts off by watching Camilla. So Camilla's on stage and he's in his little tower. Oh, and he's yeah. watching Camilla and then suddenly he's in another place. Yeah, so the the opera ghost appears on the stage behind Camilla. Then appears in the mirror behind Kylie and she thinks it's her lover. Yes. Essentially. Yeah, she believes it is the opera ghost who she's having an affair with. But she's not having an affair with the opera ghost. Is she not? No, we find this out way later on. No, I know. But she's having an affair with... You know, Meatloaf comes in and yeah, he it's says... Yeah, the, the, the reviewers. Yeah, he's like, oh, guess who finally made it? And yeah. she says, oh, who? And he says, oh, it's blah, 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 the reviewer. Yeah. That's who she's having an affair with. So she thinks... He snuck in. He snuck in, got a hold of the costume, put the costume on. Yeah. So it feels very like Scream when this moment happens. Because... Yeah, because she thinks there's no danger at all. Yeah. It's just somebody being silly. And then he brings the knife up and he... <laughs> Like presses it against her butt. Yeah. She must re- be able to feel it. She does, but she doesn't think it's his knife. Oh, I see. She makes a joke about I, it. I didn't realise that. <laughs> she makes a very clear joke. And, oh, someone's in the mood. And it's the knife. And I and thought, oh, knife. my days. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get death one. Yes. Our first death of the movie. Our first real death. Mm-hmm. As she gets stabbed. In the face. In the mouth. Yeah. Well, stabbed a few times before the mouth. Oh, yeah. The mouth is the death stroke. Yeah. To a really great bit of music. Yeah. Because it's paralleled with Camilla dancing on the stage, thinking about this is what she wants for herself in Mm -hmm. the future. Yeah. And you've got this really good juxtaposition of like the classical operatic soundtrack and Mm -hmm. that the blood splatters on the roses, which are white, which is fantastic. Yep. And yeah, it's it's a good death. I, I gave it three out of five. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an, a, a good death. Yep. It's, you know, I was surprised that Minnie Driver died so early on because she was like, other than Meatloaf, the only person I knew from this. But yeah. she is that Drew Barrymore type role that we have in Scream. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, and I think it works. Like, I think, you know, you've got that reference there to, cla- I say classic horror, Scream is 90s now, so it is yeah. at least 15 years old at the time of this, so it is kind of classic. Yeah. So you got that reference. Cult horror, yeah. Yeah. Ten years later. Mm. 
and we go to where we belong. So yes. we're arriving at Centre Stage Camp <laughs> for performing it. arts. They're all being driven to camp on like a big yellow school bus and all the kids are asleep. And then one boy realises they're there and he blows the um, the tuning. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what those things are called. Me either. It's like a key tone, yeah. little mouthpiece one. And he blows it and everybody harmonises so that they can sing. What I will say is that this song is appropriately camp. Yes, it absolutely is. And there are some there are some nice lyrics. Hey, it's you. Long time no see. I got beaten up for singing Sondheim rhymes. I got beaten up a dozen times for singing Stephen Sondheim's rhymes. Oh my days, those bullies sound really bad. At school bullies, that was my dad. Amazing. Super funny. I Okay, so I do have an issue with the way these kids are represented. Yeah, they're made out to be like proper nerds, which is a really strange choice. Because this film is aimed at horror fans or musical fans. Yeah. And you are essentially mocking your target demographic. Yeah, and that's something that... Musical Hell talks about, which I agreed with. We'll talk... Musical Hell has done a fantastic video covering Stage Fright on YouTube, which we've watched and we'll talk about at the end... And, and talk about some of the views that she had that I agree with, some that I disagree with. And we'll talk about that when it comes to reviews at the mm. end. But and I we've think, spoken to her and yeah, about... Using her video and talking about it, which yeah. you know is great. But it's one really worth checking out that video and the whole channel. Mm-hmm. But I have a real issue with this. And I don't like it when films mock their target demographic. Yeah, There's... A famously bad wrestling movie called Ready to Rumble that stars David Arquette, Mm -hmm. as in um, Dewey from Scream. Oh. So appropriate. Mm. So in this film, he's a wrestling fan and and it's it's designed as if it's like actual wrestling. You know, like he he goes to watch the wrestling events and he helps a wrestler win the title back. Sure. But because this is a film for wrestling fans, because no one else is going to watch it. Yeah. You'd think they make him super smart and super suave and cool because he is the cinema viewer, yeah? You right. go watching this as his character. Yeah, he's our audience insert. He's the biggest dweeb. Like, he's just mocked relentlessly throughout. They mm. are awful. And you just watch that thinking, huh, is this what you think I am? Yeah, and I get it, that. It's one of the worst movies ever well, made. Well, on that vein, who is our audience insert? Because it's Camilla. She's our protagonist. So therefore she's the character that the audience is supposed to see this through. She doesn't go to this camp. No. But also she's desperate to be one of the campers. She's the fish out of water because she doesn't belong here. She's not paid to be here. She hasn't paid her dues, which is why Liz resents her so much. Mm -hmm. Also because Liz is like, I should have the starring role. It's my turn. Liz is the prima donna. Yeah. But we are supposed to feel this world through Camille. Camilla. Uh, same thing (laughs) we're supposed to view the world as if we are camilla yeah and i guess in that sense it makes sense to have these theater geeks be like antagonistic yeah they don't like her no some like her some don't some tolerate her but she also you get the sense that camilla wouldn't understand a lot of the like big theater jokes because she's not actually a theater geek but then here's the issue. If you are creating a a film like this, which is for theatre 
churchgoers, for fans of musical theatre, mm-hmm. why depict them as these horrible elitist types? Yeah. And I just think there is a real issue with the representation of it. Like, I, I, I get that you have to kind of make us wonder, like, who could the killer feasibly be? I understand that, that there's that level. Well, we're, and we're pro- provided with four characters that it could be. Yeah, so you've got her brother. Yeah. I thought at some points it could be the guy that lets her into the audition one that Joel. she owes. Yeah, Joel. Yeah, because he has a super creepy song. Yes, and he's like, you owe me one. Yeah, you owe And the mine. way he's like warning her against like interaction with Artie, mm-hmm. like the jealousy factor there. Yeah. And why is he always doing the auditions? Why isn't he actively involved in this? Like you could understand why he, but why you could see like he might be resentful. Mm -hmm. I thought at times it could be Liz. Yeah. Partly because of the jealousy factor. Yeah. They set up the janitor to be. They set up the janitor. janitor. Yeah. So you've got a few of these characters and I guess you're supposed to have that distance element with them. So you don't necessarily like all of them Mm -hmm. because that way then when they turn out to be the killer, it's not as bad. But I I like it when you like the characters and then they turn, like, again, referencing a film I love, but Scream, the reveal of the first killers in the first Scream film is brilliant because you think it might be them, but then they they turn it around and you start to genuinely believe in them. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a personal betrayal. Here it doesn't feel so bad. Because you don't care for any of these characters. Yeah, I get what you mean. I just, I think, I don't, I don't like it when I'm made to watch something as a fan of a certain genre or a certain thing, mm-hmm. and they are promoting it as this is something you would like, and then making you feel stupid or lowest common denominator because of the representation of you. Yeah. There is a real issue with the representation of the theatre characters in this. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with having the pretentious director in Artie and like the jealous Liz, because that is true. But to mm-hmm. make all of their characters yeah, like jokes and caricatures mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah, what does that mean? Oh, I loved the totem. Oh, the totem pole. <laughs> yeah, I really love the totem pole. So they're all singing around this totem pole, which at the top of it is two hands going out to the sides. Yeah. And then the two masks. Yeah, the, the tragedy and comedy masks. Yeah, that's great. That's a really nice little, like... It's good world building and you feel like that would be there. Yeah, because this is that. filmed at an actual summer camp. It's filmed at an all-boys summer camp yeah. in, where did I say, Maine? Well, it's Canada, I thought. Yeah. It's a Canadian film. So did they come south of the border, eh? Yeah. No, they did, because they needed, like, a proper summer camp. I believe it's Maine that it was filmed in. Cool. And it's, if you look up the actual camp, because they thank them in the credits, so I could find the real camp, this summer camp is all, like, really cheesy and, like, normal American summer camp. And then when you look at the pictures, it is just the camp from this film. That's they terrible. haven't changed anything. It's a sort of thing that, like, great and makes it more legitimate. But you'd also wonder, is that the best advert for your camp? Like, the site where all these kids get murdered? Oh, right. (laughs) It's kind of great. Okay, I do have a real issue with... Is it Sam's character and his little interlude Mm. here? Yeah, so halfway through Where We Belong, Sam Brownstein, who is sort of the... Ladies leading, man. Leading man yeah. 
of the camp. They're obviously the oldest kids. By quite a margin. Like, you've got every age kind of here. Yeah, I feel like they're supposed to be like 16. Yeah. Which is the kind of the oldest campers you get. And he has an interlude where he sings, I'm gay, I'm gay. Just not in that way. Musicals thrill me and touch me in ways I can't say. And then Liza Minnelli shows up to help him. She looks exactly like Liza Minnelli. She does. Yeah, and Liz. And they sing, he's gay, but not in that way. Yeah. I sleep with women, but musicals make me feel gay. Which, obviously, on its own is like, whatever. But we then, then David have... Martin, stage manager, shows up. Yeah, but but then like the running gag with his character all the way through is that he actually is gay. He, he just hasn't admitted it he's to very himself closeted, yet. Yeah, I... and it's just like a weird. But I think by having then David Martin, stage manager, show up and be like, "I'm gay, I'm gay," and yet I'm in that actually way, gay, yeah, I could understand the whole "I'm gay, I'm gay," but not in that way because it's gay means happy. Yeah, if it was just his bit, yeah. and all the girls sing it too, and they're like, yeah, musicals make us feel gay, it's it great. It doesn't feel bad, because actually it's using language appropriately. Yeah, but, but then I... having the guy that he ends up with yeah. show up and be like, well, I'm actually gay, and this is like a whole thing. And they also think like, do you know what, great, yeah. show somebody who's struggling with their sexuality. Mm. Theatre camp is probably the best type of place for self-discovery. Sure. But it's 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 literally handled for laughs. Mm. And I didn't I don't like that. Yeah, it's a, it's not a great choice. And again, full disclosure, I I am probably sounding quite hypocritical here. The fact that I will consume things like Family Guy, South Park, and you know, I won't necessarily be negative at that. And I, I appreciate that does make me a hypocrite. But I just think here again, you're making your audience who are watching this mm. feel belittled. And I think that's that for me is like, okay, having fun, but I'm going to take three steps back here and be a little bit more cautious with this film. Yeah. We are also at this same moment in time introduced to... Camilla uh, and Buddy. Camilla and Buddy, but also I was going to say Adriana de the leo's character yeah who is the little girl with the lisp lithby yeah she's credited as lithby do you want to see what she looks like now oh wow she (laughs) she's a child yeah but like she glew up didn't she She 100 percent had the biggest glow up yeah she's in backstage which she's a really good singer i don't know what backstage is it's a disney show anyway i did get this right Mm. meatloaf is the camp director you were right yeah well done i think i i mean i wasn't expecting much more from that character like i thought it makes sense he's the older character and you've Mm -hmm. told me like your experiences of camp you have like an older person who runs it yeah shout out to michael bear who ran the camp that i worked at yeah i miss you (laughs) so camille and buddy are camilla and buddy are chefs Mm -hmm. but they should be bigger given who their mother is and Camilla keeps yeah. that signed picture. Yeah. So Meatloaf adopted them? Question mark. I think he did. I mean, he probably he was did. Mini Driver's boyfriend at the and time and manager and manager. Yeah, and it makes sense that he would adopt them. Yeah. yeah. Buddy has a whole thing with him where he's like, he's not actually our dad. But I also think Camilla, he's potentially recognised that there's going to be some talent there someday that he can use mm-hmm. 
like she's his ward but not in that way yeah it's not like alan rickman style no he's kind of keeping a hold of her and keeping her at arm's length Mm -hmm. in case she becomes useful to him Mm -hmm. and he can then manage her yeah that makes sense like he's got a golden ticket yeah. <laughs> so we meet them and all of the students are now in the cafeteria getting ready to find out what this year's big summer musical is going to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love Meatloaf's voice. Like he 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 can still sing. I know he doesn't do it as much as he does due to health issues. Yeah. But he is great here. His voice is just gorgeous. Yeah, it's not too bad. I really like the bit where he announces Artie's name because he says Artie's first name and then pauses. Yeah. And then he says the surname. And his surname is Getz. Yes, he's like, Artie. Getz. It's almost like he forgot (laughs) it. He 100% forgot. (laughs) But we have that really dramatic way to announce a show. That's how you've got to do it. Yeah, get all the kids to drum on the table. And Lithby. Yeah. Accurately is like, yes, this this is the song we are doing. Yes, she guesses it right and she says it's the haunting of the opera. And we get this weird cut to Camilla who actually looks traumatised at its announcements. Not excitement, it's, oh no, not this show, not the cursed show. Ah!" She's upset and Buddy's annoyed. Buddy goes back into the kitchen area. Yeah. Just to walk away from it. But Camilla stays there and she does seem genuinely really upset. Yeah. Which makes it all really weird when she's like going for, I, I thought this would be like, I can't stay here. I can't be around haunting. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually what she's thinking is, my big chance. Yeah. Artie is a worse director than Roger Dupree. Just barely. Just barely. But... The difference is he thinks he's a great director. That, yeah, exactly. Like, Roger Dupree is played up for laughs. Mm-hmm. But here he's like, oh, no, we're really pretentious. And we're going to do it kabuki style. And, and we're going to... We're going to subvert the genre and we're going to do this this x y and z because we're fancy ha 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 and i hate him yeah like he's so bad that he makes Artie from glee look like a good director yep do you know what i mean and that says something yeah camilla has a lovely voice yeah right so her audition is is great it's okay I mean, it's better than probably most other people's auditions in that. This is what I don't understand. is When Liz sings in her like head voice, her high notes are marginally better than Camilla's. But neither of them are sopranos. So why make this... First, either, right, either. Why cast these actors? Or why make this a soprano song? Yeah, I because mean... Because neither of them are sopranos and neither of them are singing well enough to hit these high notes. It's just kind of a strange... And it's not like they've got, like, CVs where they've really had a lot since this. It's weird. Yeah. It is very weird. Because mm-hmm. her voice isn't right for this. And is that made to be that we hate Artie more because... He's clearly not going with the actual talented person. Yeah. You know, because Liz is bad. Liz, both Liz and Camilla are bad. The, the reason but Camilla wants... is better, objectively, like she's a better singer than Liz. 
and when she sings the song from Haunting, it does sound better. It's not great, but no. it does sound better than Liz's one. Yeah. For teenagers at a summer camp, they're pretty good. So, but is that, I mean, this is kind of what I'm I getting. do wonder if that is the point. Yeah, like, have we, we got someone in Liz who is so bad, but it's kind of like, it makes Artie seem worse that he'd even consider playing this game when he has got someone mm. who's more talented. Well, so we have the moment in the dining hall where Sam is sat with Liz and they're talking about the show's just been announced. Yeah. And um, Sam says, watch, I bet he cast himself as Alfonso. And is... I will be playing the role of Alfonso. Yeah, which is the Raoul character. Yeah. And then Liz says, yeah, I bet he just wants to make out with me again. Yeah. So obviously they were cast together in the previous show. Exactly. And uh, Liz seems to be the... Like, she's always the lead. Yeah. So we've met Joel, mm -hmm. and Joel has given her an audition, even though she's not actually part of the camp. She has that really nice moment where it's like, which bunk are you in? What does that say? 23? <laughs> and he confronts her, and she's like, please, please, I need this. Mm -hmm. I really need this job. And he's like, okay, but you owe me one. You'll owe me one, Which yeah. I thought he was going to become very villainous after that one, because that feels like a really, like, creepy thing to say. Like insidious. Yeah, yeah, but nothing more comes of his character, really. Like, that's it. He's there. I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, you'll owe me one. No, but I think it's the way he says it. Yeah. It's I kind suppose. of like creepy teenage boy who's like, oh my God, I might finally have a girl who's interested in me. And he exists, I think, to just be a red herring. Yeah, 100%. To... He's not useful in any way, shape, or form. No. But someone is angry with the campus, and this is where we meet the metal killer for the first time. Yeah. Because what's the opposite of musical theatre? It's metal. Yeah. So, I kind of love that. I As a concept. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a really, really interesting concept. Mm -hmm. And the, the metal killer has a different singing voice to the actor who was actually playing the metal killer. Yes. So we have Rick Miller, who is the voice of the metal killer. Yeah. Who actually was the actor that was playing Alfonso at the beginning in the first oh. scene with the mum, yeah. So he's Christian Bale. Yeah, basically. But yeah, he's the the metal killer's voice. Yeah, that's Not cool. I like body that. actor, just the voice. That's good. So yeah, Camilla wows them with her audition song, which is not Angel of Music. No. Well, yeah, it's kind of supposed to be, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely supposed to be that one. And we have I've Been Dreaming. Now, I thought Joel looked like Merlin. Like the actor who played Merlin. Oh, leave Colin Morgan alone. That's who he looked like. But he starts stalking the shed to watch the audition and, and Camilla wants her mother's role. Mm. And I'm thinking that's going to go down great with these campers like who come here year on year. And, and is pay to be here. Exactly. But also really important, Filch Scissorhands looks on angrily. <laughs> He's great. I love him. He does look like Filch though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does look like Filch. And we have the dual casting. Mm -hmm. and everyone gossips about her and it's like that scene in Legally Blonde where Elle makes the cut yes and the bullied become the bullies at this point yes which I think is also a really bad representation of like these theatre characters it's kind of like they've talked a lot about their experience and we do feel sorry for the kid with glasses like it's not like they're saying it bragging they seem really sad by their experiences of being bullied Mm -hmm. which is why it's an even more disappointing when they start quite ready to go <laughs> she's just a cook like you teach high school theater 
My, I don't know why you're surprised by my this. My drama kids aren't like that. They're quite nice. All drama kids. I wasn't like it as a drama kid. I'm sure. I was nice. Were you ever in a musical? I was a munchkin. I was Mr. <laughs> Bumble. No, it's a cutthroat world, Danny. No, and I get that. <laughs> but I, I don't like that they've gone from... It, it just makes me like them less. Mm-hmm. And then it makes me think like, but I'm not like that as a person. Why are you saying I'm like that as a person? Why do they all have to be bullies towards her? Why can some of them not be quite nice and be like, well... She got the role probably because she deserved it. Like No. They pay to come to this camp specifically because this camp invites agents to no, come to the show. And I, I get that. And some random girl, nobody knows who she is, who's the cook, who has been the cook for the last couple of years that you've been here, is suddenly allowed to audition to be in the show. Why not? She's also... paid her dues. She cooks for you. No. I just think... I just think it's a weird, like, for the kids, from their perspective, it's probably just a really weird situation where they're like, this doesn't make any sense, and therefore it's not fair. Yeah, but also, when they figure out who her name is, and who... Yeah, because Lithby knows exactly who she is. like, they should be like, oh, that's pretty cool, we're going to be part of history. If you, honestly, if you were part, if you were such a theatre geek, and you found out that the daughter of the woman who originated this role is going to do it for you, and you get to work alongside her... You're still going to be hyped. You're a lot nicer than these kids are. I am. I think I'd be more hyped than I would be jealous. I'd be like, cool, because actually more people will come and watch this because of that, which means we actually have a better chance of it going to Broadway, mm. which means we might actually get a chance to go there as well. Like, I'd, put, I'd be like, screw you, Liz. We, we back her because yeah. she's going to get more butts in seats. Mm-hmm. You look at the gimmick and that's their gimmick. I just think they're unnecessarily cruel to her. And so cruel that somebody destroys her, her beloved autograph picture of her mum. Yeah. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's all she has to remember her by. Well, we know who it was. Well, yeah, at the end, but like, it, which makes it even worse. No. It wasn't It wasn't her pillar. brother. We know who it was. Was it Liz? It was Liz. You know that it's Liz because when they get to auditions, she has red paint on her hands. That's the whole point. Oh, I remember that now. Yep. <laughs> Yep. She's like staring at her and there's no good reason for her to have red paint on her hands other than that she destroyed Yeah, that is picture. true. So it has become camp rock. I predicted that one quite well. Sure. The metal killer with some badass guitar riffs. Danny mm-hmm. <laughs> writes the best notes. I wish, like, at some point we need to tweet these because he has her autograph picture. No! Yeah, but written down. <laughs> it's because I need to remember these things. I write them That's as great. I see them. Yeah. So, Meatloaf is running low on music. And money. Yeah. And we are introduced to perhaps the best character, David Martin, stage manager. And he says the title of the film. Yeah. I don't perform. End of movie. <laughs> I have stage fright. End of movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's just great. He's like, I will come after you. He, <laughs> yeah. Is but if you such... talk backstage, I will cut you. Yeah, he is such a stage manager. Like, <laughs> so funny. That is my experience of working with stage manager. I like yeah. David Martin. I feel like he's not a caricature. He is, yeah, what I would cast a stage manager as. I really dislike Artie. He's a tool. He's horrible. I just, <laughs> ugh. Yeah, he sucks. He's again being really, really pretentious about doing the kabuki styled like really stereotypical kabuki themed uh 
show and he asks the cast he's like what feudal Japanese style is all about covering your face and wearing a mask to be fair and Sam to be fair to Sam like I mean he does say a, a, a he sure says a word that sounds like kabuki but it's not kabuki we're it's not a gonna rude word we're, we're not gonna say it yeah because we know that there's kids that listen to this And podcast. we know if you listen to it, you will Google and you shouldn't be Googling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's one of my favourite jokes because like he says it with such enthusiasm. He's like, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, and he's not right. And then the girl, the ginger girl, whose name is Ginger yeah. in the credits goes, uh, Kabuki? Yeah. 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 He's a better version of the guy I hated from fame, mm. Sam, because like mm. he's not as big a character and he gets the annoying things out of the way without like overstaying his welcome. Yeah. Because his one-liners are kind of great. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like I could do without the bits we talked about. I yeah. think it's too much. Especially because you're not going to take that arc seriously. Mm. You're going to take that seriously by all means. Cool. But they don't. Yep. But now we do get, as everyone leaves this stage, everyone leaves and the camera... The mise-en-scene is the, the ghost light mm-hmm. and a box of swords. Yeah. And, and I have right. Is that swords. It says swords. It just says swords. I'm thinking, right, that's a hint. Something is going to happen mm-hmm. with this box of swords. We're shown the kabuki mask that they're going to use for the ghost. It's very cool. Of the opera. It's yeah. really cool. The design on a lot of this these costume pieces is like weirdly good. Okay. Cultural appropriation aside... The right. My feeling with this is that we are self-aware enough to know that this is wrong. Yes. And also understand that Artie sucks mm-hmm. and that he thinks he's making a big choice, yeah. but actually all he's doing is making a mockery of something that of is another like, culture. And of another culture. Now, if this was the haunting of the opera in the appropriate culture, yeah, Kabuki would be a great shout for this. Style. Style. Sure. Like, it, it definitely doesn't work here. And it is part of Artie being this kind of, oh, we're going to subvert everything. And, and it, it doesn't work. It just makes him out to be worse. But we do get a very cool design of the mask. Yeah. It feels very death metal as well. I, I did think the Kabuki mask was cool, to mm-hmm. be fair. I do hate Artie. I hope he dies first. Hmm. Same. Opening night. So we get a musical montage. Liz has a really bad voice. Yeah. So this song is an actual song from the musical, The Haunting of the... Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a musical opera. within the world. Yeah. So they are actually singing a diegetic song here. Hmm. While they, they are yeah. prepping for opening night. Liz... So, Sounds fine. Yeah. But Camilla... Camilla's clearly the understudy. But here. also is clearly the better person for it. Yeah. And she's shown to be more talented. Mm-hmm. However, she's not getting the opportunities because she refuses to play Artie's game. Yeah. And so you kind of just have to assume that the reason Liz is the initial character... Is because she was willing to do this last year. But also, we get a. Because Camilla is late to rehearsal, yeah. which fair. She walks in and you see Liz 
having a thorough making out session with Artie. Practicing the kissing which scene. Which Camilla has said, I'd rather wait until opening night to keep the magic. Now, Artie is now like, right, this is my person because I get to kiss this person. Yeah. So there He's is... He's abusing his director. He is, because he also has like the casting couch in the background. Mm-hmm. And it just is really gross. Everything about this character is designed to make you hate him. Which is why it's really nice when he dies. It is really nice when he dies, but it is very weird because I think sometimes you should always have like a character you can't wait to die. Yeah. But for the most part, you should have other characters you'd be sad at if you saw them die. How many of these characters would you genuinely be sad at? Because let's be honest, we know that it's not going to be Lithby. Yeah. We know it's not going to be any of the younger kids because I think they're immortal in this one. I don't think this breaks that genre convention. No. We know we're dealing with these teenagers and adults who are potential victims. How many of those characters do you actually would you actually well, care one. if they die? There's one. That... David Martin, stage manager. Well, no, I don't care about him. I'd be upset if he died. I think Buddy. At this point, you'd be sad if Buddy died. Yeah. Yeah, I. Th- I'd he say... clearly wants nothing to do with any of yes. this. So if he died, you'd be like, oh. Yeah, I'd be sad if Buddy died. Especially because twins. But I would also be a little bit sad if if David Martin, stage manager, died yeah. because. The fact that he survives this is one of my no, favorite things. No, I know. Things. But he doesn't feel that bad. He doesn't feel that... He's he's here because he likes doing his role of stage manager and he takes it super seriously. Mm-hmm. And he he's has, good at it too. Yeah, and he's got no bad feelings towards anyone else. He treats everyone the same. Yeah. I will be great to you if you do as you're told. But mm-hmm. you get on my bad side and I will be the worst. Yeah. Fair. You know where you stand with him. He doesn't change his dial based on anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think this film is missing empathetic characters yeah but we meet um, camilla starts playing dirty as well yes but before that we meet the conductor for the orchestra yeah. and it is eli battalion yes who his, helped write this who helped write this his character name is oleg penderecki so one of and he's the conductor at the camp one of the bits i like is is we see that sam is struggling to get the kind of sexuality for the f- the desire yes, yeah for liz and he's like i can't do this I, I i will do this and camilla says how about me and artie show you and artie's like yes and it works because suddenly she's more in the favor yes and we cut to a really good shot of the pianist stroking his beard and he's yeah. just watching he's like hmm curious yeah that is eli battalion yeah it's really really good during this montage, we get two horror references. Yep. We get the Hellraiser mannequin head, mm-hmm. which is cool. Which then comes back later. Which does come back later. And we get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the handsaw. With the little boy who's the set builder. Yeah, he's waving up in the air the handsaw. Yeah. Which he's like 10 as well. I great. think you were right. You know, one of the things you'd said to me before is that when we watch this, you'll know. They do the most obvious things, mm-hmm. and that is so obvious. And it's something yeah. that I've seen. But and it's because yeah. they want you to understand what the reference is, because that's yeah. the point. Yeah. Artie's going around like he's a genius. He's not. He's gross, gross, gross. Certainly. We get a musical theatre reference, mm-hmm. because Victor Brady works with 42nd Street Productions. Yes, he does. Which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Do they only rehearse this one song, though, and this one scene? No, it's played a couple of times. Throughout this whole rehearsal montage, we see this one song and one scene. 
No, they're singing different songs laid oh, over each other. Yeah, okay, it's a bunch of the songs that then show up at the end. Yes. But are like all being sung together yeah. in this one scene. At this point, I really start to think that Jolin might be the killer. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping he kills Artie first, please. Yeah, because this is where he starts to sing, look how she wants it. Look how she wants him. And it's like, chill your beans, Joel. Yeah. She doesn't care about you. No, exactly. He tries to ask her out a bunch of different times. One of my favorite ones is he tries to ask her out because he's like, oh, yeah, one of the uh, lower campers is going to do a production of something in their cabin tonight. Do you want to come with me and watch it? And it's like, no. <laughs> You just know he's turned around to her, so I go, but you only won? Yeah, he 100% would. He comes off as like a proper creep. Yeah. And that's why they're setting him up to be the killer. Exactly. So I didn't have empathy towards him because I thought, oh, he might actually be the killer. So we get another backstage casting couch scene, Mm -hmm. you know, day before opening night at the end of this song. And Artie says to Camilla, I'm going to go with Liz. Because Liz will let me touch her. Mm -hmm. So Camilla takes her top off. Yep. And they have a make out and grope session. Mm -hmm. And the metal killer is watching through the doors. Uh, Yeah. So he turns, we see the door handle turn with the black glove. The door opens a bit and we see that somebody's watching momentarily. Do you think... At this point, I mean, we might as well spoiler it. Buddy is the killer. Yeah. Right? Now. <laughs> Spoilers. Buddy is the the, the, killer. the metal killer. So, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're going to hear us say it eventually. Why not hear it now? Mm-hmm. We know who the killer is. We've just watched it. So, at this point, do you think he is just planning to be Phantom and hijack the show and take it out and stop it? And do you think it's at this point where he sees his twin sister being groped? Yeah. That he says, right, I'm going to kill this son of a... Yes. I think before this moment, he was thinking, let's just sabotage it. Yeah. Like, make it so that this show can't go on. Yeah. Then he's suddenly realising, like, oh, they'll do whatever. I don't... Yeah, I think this is the moment where he he knows he's got to start killing people. Yeah. I don't think he's going to kill anyone before. I think he's just going to sabotage the show, mm-hmm. bring down Meatloaf, and yep. just kill the camp. Yeah, absolutely. But it's this point, probably as well, because he can see the level of discomfort on Camilla's face, which is mm-hmm. really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. But also, you know that they're talking, and you know that she's probably said to him, because twins, like, oh, this feels really gross, and I don't like it, but I'm, I just want a chance. Like, he's, yeah. this is probably the bit where he's like, right, I'm going to kill him mm-hmm. so she leaves and then we start hearing the creaks and i just write down kill him kill him kill him yes imagine that to the psycho music there <laughs> kill him kill him kill him <laughs> yeah so he he shouts out because he thinks it's david martin daniel martin david martin no i think he still thinks it's camilla no he says david does he he's like david is that you and he's not getting an answer and then he says joel is that you and he wanders onto the stage and we get the sword box mm-hmm. same placement the exact same shots yep and it the has to be there. here for a reason they both there's something about them like my eyes drawn to them. it's too obvious 
yeah. to not be important. So I'm just like, oh, what's going to happen? And then the the lights start falling down. Yeah. And one of them skewers Artie's foot. Yes. So one of the the grips that holds yeah. the light to the thing goes through his foot. Yeah. And then the metal killer shows up mm-hmm. with some rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And he shouts, break a leg. And kicks him. And kicks him like, this is Sparta. Bye bye his foot. Yeah, his foot literally just breaks in half. Okay. It's gross. I really like the one-liners. Yeah, they are but, great. I mean, this is an awful one-liner because he's not actually his leg. Boo. I don't care. It's no, so it is great. It is great. And finally... Well, the way that he kicks is like he kicks him in the knee. His leg would have broken anyway. Yeah. But finally, Artie looks up and what does he see? The sword bots. And he starts yeah. crawling towards it. Mm-hmm. And he actually gets it open. Gets I really open. didn't. I, you never think that somebody's going to get to a weapon. No, because it is just out of reach. Like, that's that horror thing of it's always there, but it's just out of reach. You're mm-hmm. just about to get it when finally. So he manages to get it, but actually, no, he fails. And we get death number two. Mm-hmm. It took me a few rewatches to actually figure out how he died. Yeah. So the metal killer. Picks him up mm-hmm. and lowers his head over the his ghost mouth light. over the ghost light. And yeah. basically, yeah, he has this light bulb in between. And he's pressing it down on the head. So it's burning the inside it's of his mouth. It's burning the inside. And then yeah. he smashes his cheeks together to break the light bulb. And he's electrocuted. And he's electrocuted. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite an intricate death. Like, Yeah, it's not just a one hit no, kill. It's, it's quite interesting. I gave this one three out of five. This is death number two. I like that normally you do songs as a rating. You've done it with deaths this time. Like, it was a good death. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, great. Artie's dead. And I'm happy that Artie bit the bullet. Yep. So we don't have to see him ever again. He won't ever see his name up in lights. (laughs) And somebody says, I don't know who says this, but someone says this to Camilla the next day when they know that Artie's dead. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is connected to your mum? And I, I'd be like, it's Joel. Joel yeah, being Joel. the worst. He, which makes me like, think he's the killer. Like he's he's got a motive. He's giving a reason for it. Like, yeah, it's just it really comes out of nowhere. This line. I feel like the rest of the script, I can suspend my disbelief yeah. for all of this happening. But he says this line where he's like, oh, yeah, he got murdered, and you know it was on the stage where we're going to perform this show. Do you think it could be connected to your mother's death? And Camilla just should have turned around and be like, "Hmm, I do now. Yeah, she doesn't say anything. And then she sees Buddy across the the hall. And so she goes across the body. And people say this show's cursed. I said that. Mm -hmm. I'd already said, like, she was upset at the cursed show. Mm -hmm. But we get some sibling bonding by the lake. Let's, Let's run away quickly. Come on, let's go. And again, I don't think he wants to... I don't think he wants to kill anyone else at this point. No. I think he's he's happy that the show can't go on. The show mm-hmm. can't carry on anymore. He's like, let's just leave. Yeah, he's done what he way. needed to. He's 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 sabotaged the show. And Camilla doesn't understand what running away means. Yeah, and goes to tell Meatloaf. Yeah, that they're leaving. I do like it when he swears though, because like it, otherwise his character is so meek and mild, and then he just drops like an f bomb. What Meatloaf? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really powerful, and. You know, he's he's really trying to convince Victor Brady to show up. Mm-hmm. And we get this nice exchange. 
who is your Sophia? I always felt the show could have run forever if not for uh, Kylie Swanson's death. Well, mm -hmm. that's a coincidence because I cast her daughter. Cool. I'm in. Like, yeah, that's essentially that's, this exchange. He knows that the only way he's going to get him there. Yeah, but Meatloaf won't let her leave. She goes up to him and says, I need to go. Mm -hmm. And like a bat stuck in hell, she won't be gone when the morning comes. Boo. <laughs> no, because he makes her stay. Mm -hmm. And we then move to, I think, my favourite song, bar maybe one or two moments. Yeah. My favourite song of this one. So... You know, you've got the parents or possible death. It's a no-brainer, really. Mm -hmm. We go to One Day More. We go to The Show Must Carry On. And it's introduced really well with, isn't it wrong to sing and dance when somebody died? <laughs> and there you would be wrong, cute child. Because She is billed as cutest little girl ever. She's a very cute little girl. But again, like the age range of this camp is so weird. This The age range of this camp is completely normal for summer camps. Is it but... Again, the youngest, okay. At the summer camp I worked at, the youngest child was five. Now, the oldest was 17. I completely understand, like, within this world, why it must be the haunting of the opera. Yeah. But is this show appropriate when you have such little kids who are probably going to be working on it and watching it? None of the little kids are in the show. No, but they go to watch it at the end of the summer. Yeah. Is it appropriate? When they go to watch it, their parents are there, so that's their parents' choice. <laughs> They're going to have nightmares. Yeah, they are, 100%. <laughs> they won't come back to theatre camp next year. I don't think be like, anyone's coming back to this No, but they, they definitely wouldn't go back to the theatre camp because they'd be like, I don't ever want to go on a theatre again. <laughs> there are ghosts. So this is a great propaganda song. Yep. I... I really didn't like the terrorist bit. Yep. I think that's my one issue with this song. I think it's a weird arrangement. It's very similar to the original Annie. Mm -hmm. And I criticised that then in the 70s. This yeah. is 2014. I don't think something that racially motivated should be part of this. Okay. It's my one moment of this song. I'm like, having fun. Oh. Meatloaf, take it down on notch. Well, it's not Meatloaf's fault. Cause... No, I know, but like his character's singing it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't mind the lyrics. Like it's it's the it's the arrangement of it. Mm -hmm. Because we're we're talking about terrorists and we have this kind of oriental music. Yeah. The connotation's clear. Just have just have the same music we've been having and we're fine. Mm -hmm. You know, the terrorists can't win. Cool. You know, it is what it is. Yep. But we make the announcement that Sophia will be played by Camilla. Mm -hmm. And Liz is not happy. Probably not the first time Liz has been upset with the announcement of a <laughs> Camilla. Nope. <laughs> no, but like Liz at this point is probably getting progressively more and more annoyed. Yeah. And as everyone goes off, Meatloaf cuts the phone lines. And that's very suspicious. Mm -hmm. Because we know, yes, he probably doesn't want the kids to contact the police or their parents. Yep. But it suddenly makes Meatloaf feel a lot kind of like, huh, you could be the killer. Mm -hmm. So you get a nice little interlude with the metal killer. Yep. I like his song. I like his vibe. 
Uh, and yeah, we, we go to opening night. We go to backstage before. Don't worry, Meaty. David Martin, stage manager, has got your back. Meatloaf says, this has to go off without a hitch. And David Martin, stage manager. Takes that way too to heart. Yes, absolutely, sir. Absolutely. And the audience starts coming in. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Buddy comes and he warns Camilla against performing. Like, this yeah. is your last chance. Come on, please. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. But no, she's going to go on. Of course she is. Because she'll just keep making the same mistake over and over and over. Yes. And then we get a weird, again, another weird kind of moment of like a red herring. Sam gets really angry at Filch for being backstage as he's changing. Yeah. I mean, he the, why is he there? He's in the audience next. Why was he ever backstage in the first place? Like, has the show started at this point? Or are they just prepping for They're his quick prepping. change? They're prepping, yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I need this space. This is my space. Yep. Sam gets confused then by David Martin, stage manager. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get some nice kind of audience building shots. So Buddy is a good supportive brother. Despite his apprehension, he is there. Yeah. He is sat in the audience. That's why I never suspected him. Because <laughs> he was there in the audience. Because he was there in the audience. Yeah. I never suspect- suspected him. And I, I I wondered, is the actor playing Victor Brady someone? Like, is he a big deal? Because it feels like a big moment when he finally steps out of his car and he arrives. Is he? A... Yeah, we never see his face until then. Yeah. It's James McGowan, who's in Suicide Squad, Total Recall. He's in Murder Mysteries a lot. Oh, he's in Shadowhunters. The TV series, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Beating the Beast, the TV, TV series. series. So he's not somebody with like a big, I guess, musical theatre background. I have never heard of him before. No, it just, I felt like this would have been a really good opportunity for like some cameo. Mm -hmm. I would have, I mean, he's he's not going to do it, but someone like Neil Patrick Harris. Like how funny would it be to get this kind of suave, like Barney-esque Neil Patrick Harris out to be this, like producer yeah i thought that would have been like a nice little cameo for victor brady mm. and at this point i think oh we're basically at the end of the film we've had no murders there's there's been two murders yeah how quickly that's about to change and we we get a weird shot from in the audience it must be the cutest girl ever it's the cutest little girl ever and the cutest little girl ever's dad yeah who is just billed as parent yes um I thought he might have been the director in a cameo because it felt like it's such a weird thing. But It is Greg Stephen Brown. Nope. And he was uncredited for this. Hey, so what happened at camp? And she's just like, nothing, Dad, nothing. Yeah, because the build-up is supposed to be if this kid tells her dad, and it's the kid that questioned, should we be doing this? Yeah. If she tells her dad, they're going to shut the show down before it ever happened. Yeah. So, we go to Theatre Forenzo. Yes. The, these next two songs are like my least favourite songs of all, like these fake phantom songs. Mm-hmm. The plot is literally Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, it is. 100%. Like, at, it literally Phantom of the Opera. Except the difference is in this, in the haunting of the opera, she knows that the phantom's going to marry her. Yeah. And she's like, he has every right. He's my master. Like, he has every right to marry yeah. me. 
that actually I'm in love with Alfonso. It's a really weird change in the plot. It is. Considering that Phantom of the Opera is freeform. Yeah. No, well, yeah. And this is where you see that doing it in the kabuki style is really bad because the, all that white on their face, mm-hmm. they they can't emote. You can't see anything on their face. No. Which for this show being However, like, that is the point of kabuki. No, I know. But for this show yeah. where they are supposed to emote, mm-hmm. like it goes to show that Artie is an idiot. Yeah. However, yeah. once she starts to become final girl yeah and she starts to like the makeup runs and it's all like smeared it does look cool oh no it does look very cool it lo- it's like a good but look. my point being is that rt has no idea what actually goes into making theater no. because he's so obsessed with doing star he's actually realized not he's actually made a choice that is detrimental to the performance mm-hmm. of his fake show yeah we get alfonso who replaced rt as alfonso <laughs> I'm assuming an understudy. Yeah, maybe Joel got it. Maybe we never Joel see. Did we get never it. see. We it. never see Joel. But I really hope that somebody has put an in memoriam in the program for him. That would be well. They can't because they I can't know. tell anyone. I know his, his memory life's work. Of, you show up to watch your kids' show, and it's literally because you'd, you'd put the dates and you'd be opening the program. Huh, honey? Have you seen this? The, uh, the... <laughs> our son has an in memoriam part in the. <laughs> The director died <laughs> last night. Hmm. Yeah, but like, assumably, his parents have come <laughs> this... to see this show. <laughs> Bring out the director. Go for it. They probably, they're probably the sort of parents that have no idea what their son actually looks like because they're rich parents. And they never work. And they just saw Alfonso. They heard that he was playing Alfonso. Saw this they random kid come out and was like, "Well done, Artie! You've made us proud." And then went back to their smartphones and were doing like stocks or something. <laughs> so Metal Killer. Yeah. Oh no, it's Liz, because somebody is plotting to carry. Yeah, to carry. So we have the the, the blood hanging above. Yeah, it's and the I... same red paint that was used to do the picture yes. earlier so that's how we know that so it's i nice. the, the shot from behind at first i was like oh it's a metal killer why why is the metal killer doing this they don't seem to be anti camilla mm-hmm. and then you get a nice shot to see that it's actually liz it's liz trying to sabotage yes. them and you know you get the conductor being very into the conducting which is great and this show is going well so far i'd say solid show mm-hmm. you know people look impressed in the audience and victor brady's you know he's victor okay. brady's into it yeah, yeah he's into it Death three and four. So death three happens off stage. Mm-hmm. So death three was nailed it. Disappointing. Like, you know, I'd like to have seen that one. How yes. does, has he literally just held her down and put these needles through her face in like the opposite I'm hell she razor? she killed her first. Yeah, but it's a weird one. Sam walks into his dressing room. Can't find yeah, it's weird his dressing emo room. girl. He's looking for Sheila. Is that her name? Yeah. She shaved half of her head for this role. And got nothing for it. <laughs> got nothing for it. It's a shame. Like, I really liked her character design. Like, I'd have liked to have seen more from her. Yeah. So, yeah, he sees that she's dead because he can't find his mask. Because his mask was on the Hellraiser mannequin. Mm-hmm. And then Death 4 is the metal killer. Does he hit his head against Hellraiser? Yeah. And then stab him? 
Mm-hmm. We've actually just missed the, the brilliant bit where Sam comes off stage mm-hmm. and he gives David Martin, stage manager, a big old kiss. Off of the, the high that he has from performing. Which is quite nice. At least, it's at, a cute moment. At least when he dies, he's true to who he, who he is. Like, he's got some closure of his character. Poor David Martin, though. No, I know. But for Sam, at least he died being open about his sexuality. I guess. (laughs) It's not really a step up. Had his plotline been handled with some, like, sincerity, that's a nice closure. Sure, but it wasn't. No, I know. So, And I thought, Death 5 is Liz kicking the bucket because the metal killer's gone up to Liz. Mm Mm-hmm. And no, she becomes a weird puppet instead. I didn't quite understand what happened with so that. So he zip-tied her hands yes. behind her back and duct-taped her mouth and put the mask on her. Yeah. So she can't breathe and she can't see because of the mask. Yeah. So she's just like stumbling around. She doesn't know where she is. Oh, so that's really comedic and silly then. Yeah. I thought he literally just had her tied to strings and she was up like a puppet. No, she just is stumbling around because she's literally like gasping for air at this point so (sighs) this whole show is completely inappropriate for this song oh yeah absolutely so camilla has had to leave the stage because like really deer headlights yeah so she sang alfonso which is the song that her mother sang a reprise of at the beginning Which ends with her singing, Master, You May Take Me Now. Yeah. And she's supposed to stand with her arms out. And and he's supposed supposed to, to, like, embrace her. And nothing happens. So she goes off like a deer in headlights. Yeah, she keeps her arms out to the side and she just, like, tootles off stage. Runs to find him. And you got David Martin being like, hey, come back. They're on stage. And she's found Sam's dead body. And she says, there's a killer in the theatre. And he shouts, yes, that is your line. Go and say it on stage. Yeah, which is great. I really like that. (laughs) It is. He's in full stage manager mode. And he's like, yes, that is your line. Get out on stage. Do it now. And he's got like, he's like, nothing's happening to you. Right, that's it. I'm going on. He puts the hat on. And it's like, oh no, Sam has stage fright. And then he's the most charismatic person ever. Yeah. Oh, he is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and and get he's the, secretly a really good singer too. But we get the comedy conducting of him. like. <laughs> but also because like he's waving his like baton and the boy. He's with waving glasses. his baton at David Martin being like, what do you want from yeah, me? Yeah, and Sondheim Rhyme Boy, who got beat up by his dad, yeah. just starts playing his instrument. He goes, no, 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 stop. And then it just happens and it's really fun. His name is Gene. It's Gene. So death five. Yeah. Let me help you warm up. Oh, yeah, because. She was so annoying. God, the most annoying oh. child. I, I can't find this girl's name. The I don't even know name. her name. So there's one of the three girls so we have... It's not Liza Minnelli. No. And it's that's, not Liz. That's Sheila. Cool. Then there's Liz. Then the girl that just died is uh, Whitney, the one with the shaved hair. Yeah. That's Whitney. So then we have this other girl who I'm assuming is... Maybe this is Sheila, because you said the girl with the shaved hair was Sheila. Yeah, so I got her name wrong. So this must be Sheila. Yeah. By process of elimination, this girl is called Sheila. So, but again, she's so irritating. To go to my earlier point, why do we care about these characters when I don't know their names? Other than Liz, other than Artie, Joel and Buddy. I don't know the majority of these characters' names. Because we're supposed to root for the murderer in this film. Yes, which is very weird. 
Mm, I think that's the point they're trying to make. It's campy horror. You're supposed to be sat here with your popcorn being like, woo, every time somebody gets murdered. Yeah, but it's weird because horror, you're not supp- you're usually supposed to be like, I hope one of these kids gets out alive. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what, you know. Well, so... Uh, Sheila is the most irritating character in this film. Yeah. Her and Camilla are sharing the dressing room. Yes. For no discernible reason. Because she's obviously not a big part in this show. Yeah. But whatever. She's teaching her how to take care of her voice during a show. So she gives her throat coat and honey and lemon. Which is drink, really which nice is, of her. Camilla obviously knows nothing about performing. I don't understand why she wants to be in a musical. Yeah. But... She starts warming up and she does that thing where you roll your notes while making yeah. the like noise. And she's doing the really high pitched, I can't do it, really, really high pitched, like up and down vocal runs while Joel is trying to talk to Camilla. And Joel's like, shut up, Sheila. And she's like, we're trying to rehearse in here. We're getting ready to go on stage. She slams the door and she keeps doing it. And she says, if you turn the shower on during the show, then you can come back to your dressing room at any time and like breathe in the steam and steam yeah. your voice, which is like a quite a good tip, I suppose, because steaming your vocal cords does help, so far as I'm aware, from what I've seen in movies. Now, I mean, I feel like the this is the biggest one that make, leads you to believe that Joel is the killer. Yeah. Because she gets killed and he's like, let me help you warm up. And he sticks her. It's like he's been there or known all that conversation. Yeah. And Which because, he has because he can be in the walls. But because Buddy has been shown in the audience, like mm-hmm. how does he know that? And it doesn't feel like something Buddy would know. Yeah. Except every other time we've been shown the audience, Buddy isn't there. Yeah. Which isn't something you would notice yeah, because they make a point for... of showing us yes. that he was in the audience unless you're looking for him. Yeah. But so she gets murdered in the shower for and being as, irritating. As she gets murdered, I, I feel like we get the phantom theme. The do, 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 do. Yeah, just do, yeah. very stylized. So, yep. Then the metal killer knocks out Meatloaf with a pipe. Yeah. He, the door behind where Meatloaf is standing to watch the show opens and he steps out to see what's happening and whack because he's an idiot who doesn't realize he's in a horror movie no and we get the metal killer's revenge good song Mm -hmm. this is the one where he stops to do a sick guitar yeah he murders that guitar solo yeah and meatloaf looks terrified but camilla arrives Mm -hmm. and then i wondered is david martin stage manager still frozen on stage nope because we cut to a shot of him dancing with a dazed liz and then we get the reveal that Metal Killer takes off their mask. And spoiler alert. It sure is. Not Joel. No. It's Buddy. So we watched this film, obviously, with me gleefully clapping along. But did you realise? I really didn't. I did not think it was ever going to be Buddy. Did you not? Because one of the biggest things that the diva of musical hell says is that it's really obvious from yeah. the start that it's Buddy. I never thought that when I watched it. No, originally. when she watched it, and um, we watched her response to it, I, I agree with a lot of things that she said, and we'll talk about it. But <laughs> I didn't think it was Buddy. <laughs> no, they may they go out of their way to make it like Joel. I really thought it was Joel. Yeah. I I agree with Diva. Mm-hmm. I thought Filch Scissorhands was very deliberately a red herring. Yeah, but that's like kind of the point. You yeah. Know? So it's Buddy. 
And I really like the reveal from Buddy's perspective, you know, the opening where we go back to Minnie Driver's death and mm-hmm. we see it differently. And like, actually, the conversation is different now. Like the way Meatloaf and Minnie Driver interact is different, which is great. Like we're seeing from his perspective. Yeah. I mean, gross. He watched Roger grope and kill his mother from like the curtains. Mm-hmm. I mean, Meatloaf, he would do anything for love. Yeah. But not that. But not that. I wondered, because Meatloaf is like, you're lying. Is he lying, Meatloaf? I, I wondered. Like, I, I really, I, I didn't know whose side to believe at this point. Because either Meatloaf is this horrible person who did it. Mm-hmm. Or Buddy has just, like, been driven insane. Yeah. You don't know at this point. Like, actually, yes, Meatloaf did do it. Yeah. the way he then gives Because we see chase. the flashbacks. Oh, yeah. The way that there's a scene with him shouting at baby Buddy. He looked just like Vernon Dursley. Oh, yeah, he really does. He really and does. he really looks like he hits that kid. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do. They did a really good job of framing that because yes. there's one shot from behind Meatloaf where he hits this little boy playing Buddy. He slaps him. Yeah. And then there's a duplicate shot from sort of behind Buddy, yeah. but Baby Buddy, where Meatloaf slaps him. Yeah. And both times it looks like he yeah. really gets That's... this kid. So this must be why Buddy's now limping, because like after the flashback, we go back into the, the present time, yeah, in the kitchen, and Buddy's like limping towards Meatloaf. And I was like, why is he limping? That must be why. I missed that bit. Buddy, during the, the scrap with Meatloaf, accidentally hurts Camille, and he gets really upset by it, and then he gets stabbed. unintentionally knocks her he like throws his arm back yeah. and hits her and he's good brother like oh i didn't mean for you to ever get hurt yeah, he's like panicking. Yeah. and then he gets stabbed and we get death number six this is the second best use of the blue danube 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 after homer on a spaceship because <laughs> sure. the stabbing stab 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 du, 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 du. blood splat Blood splat. Do, 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 do. Yes, it's because great. at this point, David Martin is on the stage. <laughs> Still dancing to mm. it as well. It's just brilliant. And then Meatloaf gives chase to Camilla. And um, the piece of music that plays while this is happening is called Into the Woods. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. I gave that death four out of five. I, I liked that death. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good death. Oh, and I gave it's the... sad. You understand that yeah. it's like Camilla is having an actual, like... Nightmare it is like right it's a now. really powerful death mm-hmm. and it's staged well and the, she the has no music, family left yeah like it's a really good death i gave um let me warm you up, let me help warm you up three out of five stars it was just kind of like mm. nah. yeah so joel goes searching for some reason and he finds artie's head in the dumpster Why? yeah so joel has been working backstage question mark this whole time and has realised that Camilla hasn't been on stage at all for yeah. about twenty minutes. So he's gone. It he's just gone made, it was felt. Her. It just felt so like out of place at this point. It just was weird. It made no sense. But I guess we've got to show that he's somewhere because of what's going to happen in a moment. Yeah, because Meatloaf has chopped Artie up and put him in the bin outside. Yeah, I know. And Ugh. we're just going to claim that this kid was found like this yeah i don't know he literally was like the way that meatloaf tried to convince everyone to not call the police was he was like wait one day we'll do the show and then we'll call the police yeah. so leave him where he was yeah yeah 
Like, if you're just going to put him in the bin anyway. I know. This is a really weird thing to be having a conversation about, isn't it? We cut back to stage for, like, one of the final times. David Martin, stage manager, has ended up with Liz on top of him. Mm -hmm. And presumably thinks it's Sam. He does think it's Sam, yeah. And then he gets really grossed out when he finds out it was Liz. It's like, ew, girl, gross. Yes. And then he's like, fine, you wanted to ruin everything. You wanted the spotlight. Go on stage and sing your song. And, well... And then he sings on top of her. Anyway. He does. Sing louder. And I was really hoping that she would get carried. And she did. She which certainly is did. Absolutely hilarious. So we then go to Forever Haunted. Mm-hmm. Someone stage this right now. This is the like, worst song. He is so confident. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Meet Life Chasing Camilla. And he's so scary. He's so scary, he isn't is he? He's so scary in this. And he says, Oh, this is really gross. Says, I'm not going to hurt my little. Broadway star. Yeah. Ugh, gross. So creepy. And she has the handsaw and she goes to like use it and click and it's not plugged in. Yeah. And he just smiles. She's like, ha, ha, He ha, keeps ha, saying ha, to ha. her as well, she's holding it against him and he keeps saying, you know, you're just like, uh, he says, you won't use it on me. Like I'm your family. I took you in. Yeah. The reason that she goes to do it is because he says to her something about, her being just like her mother yeah but like in a negative sense and she's like actually you know what fine and goes to kill him nothing happens what a great moment well it's great because we get death seven mm-hmm. joel shows up yep and plugs, plugs the in. extension cord in meatloaf never saw it coming <laughs> and I really wish somebody said something to that. Yeah. Every other Buddy death, would have said it. Every, yeah, Buddy would have been like, "You never saw that one coming." Yeah. Like, why could we not have had her say that? We cut back to the stage, and sure enough, Liz gets carried, and that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then Camille comes back on stage to rapturous applause, and like she she's runs like, out on stage and collapses. Yes screaming and everyone's like wow what a great performance amazing well done and then victor brady stands up too Mm -hmm. and then we cut forward a year because like once upon a mattress Uh this show somehow has been picked up for broadway Mm -hmm. how 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 not only has one actress died from this show but now a summer camp of kids have died because of this show that's how you get the show onto Broadway, is you make how? it the cursed musical. No, no actor is ever going to go near something like that because it's just like, yeah, there's a curse on this show and I'm not willing to die. Mm. Is she dating Victor Brady at this point? Because they feel like they've got a closer relationship yeah. than producer and star. It feels. I don't think so. I think the point is she learnt from all of the mistakes made by everyone around her. Yeah. So she's not dating No, it's him. fair. It, it just is it's kind of weird. But we get, just like Friday the 13th, our final jump scare. She's staring in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, so the bulb flickers. Yeah. She turns the light off, screws the bulb back in on her lovely Broadway mirror, then turns the light back on and quickly looks around. And then turns back and the metal killer jumps out the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a dream. And it's a good ending. Yeah, Solid ending. ending. Who was your MVP for this one? Oh, I think I know who yours is. Meatloaf. Yeah. Meatloaf was great in this because he was, <laughs> ironically, Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> basically. Yeah, you had two very different sides. And I'm, I love Meat Life. He's one of my absolute faves. Yeah, I think probably Camilla is mine. Yeah? Yeah. She's good. I like her character-ish. And I don't want to see her get murdered. And I enjoy seeing her reactions to everything. Do you know, thinking about like Final Girl Theory and everything, hmm. it is so important that she actually doesn't have sex with Artie. Yeah. She is still pure. Like, you get the sense that yeah. she is still... Well, <laughs> you get the sense that she's still a virgin at this point. Yeah. So... She's the ultimate final girl. Exactly. By horror genre logic, she should be safe. Mm -hmm. And I think actually, you know... I cannot believe we skipped over the best joke in this movie and we didn't talk about it. Which joke? So what was your favourite joke? My favourite joke in this movie is where Liz is complaining about the casting. Oh, yeah. And she turns to her friend and goes, do you know what? I don't even know why I'm talking to you about this. You won't understand. You're just an alto. Yeah. Amazing. So funny. I don't think I had a favourite joke in this one. Do you not? You just oh, no. like Favourite joke. Favourite joke is, is David Martin, stage manager. Yeah. You liked him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best song. Um, probably the show must carry on. Yeah, bar because that one of, bit. Yeah, but like the Jesus Christ Superstar reference, yeah. hilarious. I, yeah, I like that song. I think mm -hmm. bar one weird bit of like orchestral arrangement, it yeah. was a good song. Is that or... Right, I saw this film when it came out yeah. in 2014. And the bit of music where Sam sings, I'm gay, I'm gay. But not in that way. Yeah. That's been in my head since 2014. Because <laughs> it's stupidly catchy. Yeah. I like a lot of the songs in... Like the silly songs in this are. Yeah. Which role would you want to play? Um, Liz. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Camilla. You want to be it's David funny. Martin. <laughs> it's so funny that you say Liz and I say David Martin. Yeah. Because what we discovered watching yeah. this... Who does David Martin remind you of, Drew? <laughs> David Martin looks like one of my exes. And Who does Liz look like, Danny? <laughs> one of my exes. <laughs> so funny. I mean, if I couldn't play David Martin, because I shouldn't be playing David Martin, mm -hmm. I, I would like to play Buddy. Like, I'd like to be the metal killer. Yeah, That's but you cool. wouldn't be the metal killer if you were Buddy. Well, I still could be. My version of Buddy, I could. Yeah. Yeah. Best death. A new category. Ooh. Best death. I like Artie's death because I feel like he deserves it. Yeah. And I like that it's like utilising the theatre things. Yes. So the ghost light being used to kill him is... Well, this is it. There's no murder weapon. Like, there's no kind of definitive well, he, murder weapon. he has weapon. the cam lids. Yeah. But... Which is also a clue that it's Buddy. Yeah. But there's no definitive murder weapon. Like, with Artie, he uses that. And then with you know, death three and four, mm -hmm. he uses, like, theatre props. Whatever's around. Yeah. yeah, like, there's no definitive, like, murder weapons. Like, the theatre is the weapon. However, the can lid is how Camilla realises that it's Buddy. Yeah. I didn't notice it. I didn't know what it actually was that he was using. Yeah, it's, you know, when they spill the... Yeah. I guess it's tomato sauce at the yeah. beginning. It's the, the lid off of that. My best death was Buddy's death. Not because like I was glad to see him die. Mm. I just really liked the music and like the, the the moment. Yeah, everything about it was great. Cool. So we had 
Seven deaths. Yeah. Are you going to kill count this? I'm right going to kill count okay. it. Okay, sure. We had seven deaths in 88 minutes, which meant there was a death on average every 12 and a half minutes. That's a long time between deaths. And fairly even split when it came to gender. Three females died and four males died. Hmm. Fairly even split. Yeah. So we did get some comments from people. Yes. Firstly, we did did get the diva at Mutable Hell on Twitter. Yes. It's a hot mess. Have fun. It's the hottest mess. And we did watch their YouTube video on it. Mm -hmm. I love the diva. Yeah. Just the way. Her videos are fantastic. Yeah. So there's some really good bits, you know, <laughs> she, she, she says, so, you know, she, she has a bit where Meatloaf takes the kids away so that Kylie can have some sexy time. Uh, I mean, get changed. I mean, get killed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just her style is brilliant. Like the way she comments on everything. Yeah. I agree completely. The theatre nerd should be better mm-hmm. at this. And I also don't like, you know, the I'm gay interlude like she picked up. Yep. One of the things controversially, I actually liked the comedy posters. From yeah, the same. Like, we have Les producerables and rats. Yeah, I liked that. Those things are funny. It it felt like the most loving thing about like this film for musical. That is theater. the kind of thing that if I was the person in charge, of, yeah. if we were doing a musical where we needed musical posters to go on the walls in the backgrounds, I would do that. Like, I would have spoof names, like in the producers. Yeah, I, That's I, funny. She is right that it does raise an issue that, you know, you name drop sometimes. So clearly these people exist in this world. Yeah. And you then have that kind of issue. But I don't mind it so much. Like, no, I, like, I think it's funny. She nails her breakdown of Artie. Like, yeah. Really brilliant home. character breakdown. And Sin 4, like, I agree. It feels like there's no love. Why should I care about these characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. But we also got a really great review from official caffeine sponsor of this show. Yeah. At Jared Good on Our number Twitter. number one boy, Jared Good, who keeps us caffeinated. He does keep Which us. Which you too can keep us caffeinated. If you go to our Twitter, it is the pinned tweet at the moment. You can buy us a cup of coffee if you like, yes. if you like us. Or you can go to the URL buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod. Mm-hmm. So Jared Good. I know Diva is not really a fan and makes valid points. However, it's so hard to get movie musicals made, especially original ones. And even if it has its weaknesses, I think Sage Fright manages to pull off some great kills. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely amazing kills. The knife in the mouth is awesome. And how freaking cool that they could get self-referential and have Minnie in this considering her role in Phantom. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. I like that self-awareness. Also, the joke in the opening about the musical numbers being staged, the same, always makes me laugh. Shrug, easily amused. I've shown this film to several people, and although their enthusiasm varied, everyone was entertained, even non-musical fans. If the filmmakers made it today, I think they'd probably not do the kabuki thing. The use of sexuality between Artie and Camilla gets a bit problematic and uncomfortable. Yes, but I think it's actually important for his character. Mm-hmm. You know, he is... We have to hate him. We have to hate him. I'm happy this film exists, even if it's imperfect. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, thank you, Jared Good. We do agree even if maybe we haven't maybe been as kind about other bits that maybe other people do like yeah i gave this three stars overall yeah this is like a medium popcorn movie so i agree with you on that but i will always love this film this is must watch for me for halloween time yeah it's like spooky season silliness which is what 
we've been watching a lot of this year is like spoofy, silly horror. Exactly. That isn't good. <laughs> and we do get, you know, to kind of shut up spooky season. Mm-hmm. The final song during the credits, Exit Stage Fright. Yes. It's the opposite of an overture. It's a mm-hmm. outerture. And I really like the tongue-in-cheek like songs. Like That's my second best song. Yep. Thank you for listening to the credits. Yeah. Thank you for not pirating this movie. Yeah, like, it's silly and it's self-aware like it should be. So Mm -hmm. that was Stage Fright. Woohoo! What are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are jumping back on the nonsense. We're getting back into the habit. We certainly are. And we're (laughs) going to be watching Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2. None other than before. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Okay, (laughs) cool. Really, really excited to get back into a routine with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Is Maggie Smith still in Yes, she is. Good. She certainly is. And Kathy Jimmy. Good. Good. Because so I'd be really disappointed. I'd be really disappointed if we lost kind of some of those cast members. No, and we gained some great cast members. As well. I am very excited to see how we get Whoopi back into her habit. Yep. So that will be Sister Act next week. Mm-hmm. Next musical monday obviously we've launched this episode a little bit early we've launched this on the 30th of october Mm -hmm. so there is no episode on the 2nd of november yep we're starting but we will be ending spooky season a day early so we will be back with our sister act episode as we usually would Mm -hmm. when it comes to monday the 9th of november yeah. And we'll be back into our regularly scheduled programming mm-hmm. where you can find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher and our OG hosts Podbean. If you like what we do, if you are a fan of the show, please help us by leaving us a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear more of and spread the good word of It's a Musical podcast. Yes. How can people get in contact with us, Drew? People can email us at itsamusicalpod at gmail.com. Yes, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at itsamusicalpod. Get in touch. What are your thoughts on Sage Fright? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it a Marmite musical or is it and a if big you popcorn musical? you haven't seen it before and you're watching it because you're listening to us... Let us know whether you had a good time or not. Yeah, exactly. I know some people listen to the podcast and then go and watch the show. Yeah. Which is the way around I do. I don't. I, podcasts, but... I like watching things and then listening to other people mm. talk about them because I don't like spoilers. I like spoilers. <laughs> so yes, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and get involved in the conversation. And let us know your thoughts about Sister Act 2 next week. Mm. And let's see if we can raise the profile of Sister Act 2 and get Whoopi Goldberg to shout us out. Yep. That'd be great. Yeah. And as it is not the Musical Monday this week, I must remind you all to do the mash. Do the monster mash. (laughs) See you later. Same bat place, same bat channel.